T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We welcome the governor of the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, fresh off his second budget address. Governor, good morning. Hey, good morning. Not the great Commonwealth, the greatest Commonwealth. Oh, wow. Thank you, Governor. <laughs> good morning, guys. Good morning. I want to dial back a week just real quick because uh, we sure. talked to a group of meteorologists. The highest concentration of anywhere on the planet is in State College with AccuWeather. And they, they, mm-hmm. they heard you say this. Uh-huh. I came today with a really important announcement. Yeah. Using my power as governor, <laughs> I'm here to announce that Phil is the new official state meteorologist of Pennsylvania. Hell yeah. yeah! <laughs> and since you said that, oh. we have not had anything but sunshine. It's beautiful. Sunshine, man. It's great. Phil knows. Uh, that... don't trust him. By the way, let, let me just say, poor, poor Jeff Jumper, who's our actual state meteorologist, uh, he, he does a great job for us, by the way. But um, it is like the coolest thing being a Groundhog Day, Gobbler's Knob and Punxsutawney, 30-some thousand people, just happy, multi-generational. It's just like one of those unique Pennsylvania things, and you don't really understand it unless you make the trek to Gobbler's Knob. It's just incredible. It's my second trip there, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely go back. And so far, so good. Phil's been right. They've been happy that you have thought it important enough to go you're right it's a great little slice of americana it's like a norman rockwell painting up there it's in awesome Punxsutawney. Yeah. all right let's talk about the budget hey man here's, here's what i get uh, hacked off about you get, you get these folks that line up just because the republicans are democrats i get a note from a republican the governor has no clothes Students are trapped in failing schools. Energy costs are skyrocketing. And the governor is clueless. His plan is talk and no action. That's got to frustrate you, doesn't it? No. I mean, look, these guys on the other side, Marty, they've been in charge of that place for more than two decades. And look what we have to show for it. Uh, We're 49th in the nation in higher ed. A court has ruled our education system for K-12 unconstitutional. Ohio's eating our lunch on economic development every day. And that's all because we have failed to invest. And just look, bottom line, you don't have to know anything about the state budget to know a few basic facts. We've got a $14 billion surplus. That means 
These guys have taken $14 billion more from the good people of Pennsylvania than they've spent. They leave it in one of their bank accounts in Harrisburg instead of investing it in the good people of Pennsylvania. And even if every single one of my proposals that's fully paid for were to be enacted in this budget, obviously we're going to compromise. I'm not going to get everything right. I put out there. But, but just for argument's sake, if I got everything, we'd still have $11 billion left in the surplus when all is done. They can't use the old excuse uh, for inaction. We have to act now. We got to be more competitive. We got to take the fight to Ohio and our neighboring states on economic development. We owe our kids a better quality education. We owe people better pathways to opportunity, whether they go to uh, an apprenticeship or whether they go into college. Now is the time to invest and not only invest, understand my budget doesn't raise taxes. It actually cuts taxes. So this whole argument about fiscal irresponsibility seems like more of an excuse to do nothing again. I want to do something. I'm competitive as hell, and I want us to win, and we got to make these investments now. Hey, man, I was sitting at dinner with folks from North Carolina, and for their kids to go to school in their home state of the state school was 15 grand. And my daughter at Pitt is 40,000. What the hell's going on, and how would you like to fix that, sir? Look, and by the way, Marty, you know, I got two kids at at Pitt. Um, We are 49th in the nation when it comes to investing in higher ed. And as a result of being 49th, basically two things happen. Number one, students have to pay more, right? You and I are living that as as parents of uh, students in, in one of our state schools. And the second thing is schools have to cut back. They can't offer as many programs or they are forced to compete with one another in order to you know, bring students in. And then that just sort of harms the other schools. So what have I proposed? We have three different types of state colleges and universities, community colleges, our state system of higher education. People call them PASHI schools and our state related. Think Pitt as an example. I am proposing to combine our community colleges and our PASHI system put 15% more money into those schools and allow them to work together in order to compete more effectively. And then I'm proposing that we don't just give these schools a blank check anymore, right? Because if you don't have a kid going to that school, if you don't have a loved one going to the school, you might say, well, what do I get out of this? Instead of giving these colleges a blank check, uh, we are proposing what's called performance or outcome-based funding. So now we're going to say to these schools, We're going to give you that dollar, but only if you meet certain metrics, like how many students did you allow to enter your school or did you enroll in your school who are first generation? How many students did you graduate that stayed in Pennsylvania? How many nursing degrees did you give out? How many cops did you prepare to go in the workforce? You know, jobs that we need. How many teachers did you uh, put online? We need more teachers. So we're basically incentivizing outcomes that are going to support our workforce, that are going to make us more competitive, that are going to tackle some of the broader challenges. And then the final piece of this is we're going to put more money into um, direct grants for students so we can hold down tuition. So whatever school you go to, you're going to get additional uh, aid that's going to help you, based on your income, of course, that's going to help you be able to afford those colleges and universities. So we're reforming the system. We're paying for performance and we're lowering student cost. And by the way, if we do just what I proposed, which is a reasonable paid for budget, we will go from being 49th in the nation today 
to 22nd in the nation in the next five years. And here's the thing. To all the naysayers out there, I would just say, well, why are you okay being 49th? Right on. Why are you okay being bottom of the right pack? Right on. We should believe in ourselves. We should be better, and we should stop making excuses for inaction. We're with Governor Josh Shapiro. While we're on the subject of education, talked about higher education, uh, you have a plan for K through 12, an increase in, in helping in that area. That's right. And look, our courts have ruled that the way we fund education is unconstitutional. And everybody has agreed with that. And don't let anybody come on your show and BS you on that, because here's the bottom line. When the court ruled that way, Republicans and Democrats alike had the ability to appeal that ruling, to basically say, we disagree with that. And nobody did. They all accepted that the system's unconstitutional, and they all accepted that we need to put a remedy in place to address it. So we do a few things. Number one, we put more funding in. The court called for that. And number two, we drive the dollars out more equitably, meaning toward the districts that need it most. Stow Rocks, for example, in Allegheny County would see a 23% increase in their state funding. West Mifflin, also in Allegheny County, a 22.5% increase. We're driving the dollars, more dollars, and then driving them out to the districts that need it most. Then we're also addressing other challenges. So putting more resources into fixing the facilities, these sort of old broken down schools, more money for student mental health, continuing um, universal breakfast that we now offer to students in the morning so they can learn on a full belly, making sure that we our special you know, education uh, funding is adequate to, to meet the needs of our kids and reforming our cyber charter laws so kids can still go to cyber charters that they'll be well-funded, but we're not wasting money uh, where we don't need to on these cyber charters. So it's more money going back into these school districts. So all in, we would have an equitable funding formula and be able to provide the, the school districts, there's 500 of them across Pennsylvania, with another $2 billion uh, in this first year. And, and let me explain again, this is fully paid for, we don't raise taxes. We actually cut taxes. And if we do everything I'm proposing, guys, we'd still have an $11 billion surplus when the year is over. Now is the time to invest. Governor, we talked to the president of the Marcellus Shale Coalition, David Callahan, yesterday. There's concern because President Biden has put a moratorium and we're sitting on this huge gas reserve, as you are acutely aware. How do you factor in, in a budget, the energy quotient of what we can get out of the ground here and sell to other countries. Well, when you look at my economic development plan, well, we're going to take the fight not just to our neighbors around us, uh, but also to the nation and, and globally. And energy is an area where we, we should not only compete nationally, we need to compete globally. I made clear that um, energy is one of the five pillars of our economic development strategy. We shouldn't have 2,000 different things we focus on. We should be focused on a few things, and energy is one of them. Look, we've got a rich heritage in Pennsylvania when it comes to our, our energy economy. It has quite literally powered this nation. We need to continue with that, particularly as we go through this time of transition, which certainly includes natural gas. As we go through this time of transition, making sure we're creating jobs and economic opportunity uh, and a clean energy economy. I think Pennsylvania is poised to lead the nation there, whether it's on hydrogen, with natural gas, with batteries and solar. 
we're, we're kind of an all of the above energy state, and I'm excited about our future. And we're going to put real resources behind our energy economy. Hey, man, you addressed this yesterday, and this is scary. In, in the last 20 years, Larry, and we've seen this, 33 rural hospitals have either been yeah. reduced services or closed. So right here, Washington, PA, that hospital and 2,700 jobs will go away if there's no affiliation with UPMC. Do you support that? Yeah, look, obviously that's going through the regulatory process yep. right now. And so we'll let the attorney general and the FTC do their thing. Right. I think it's important to me that all the laws and rules and regs be followed. But it's really critical that we do not lose health care in Washington County uh, or anywhere else for that matter. As you cited, we've seen too many hospitals close, too many services shut down. I spoke about the need to address this yesterday. Part of it is going to be through investment by the Commonwealth. Part of it is going to be leaning on our um, healthcare partners like a UPMC, AHN, right. uh, you know, Geisinger on the other side of the state and, and others. I don't mean to leave anybody out. The bottom line here is I'm going to be coming back to lawmakers in the next few months with an aggressive plan to address rural health care. Uh, this is something we can no longer sort of afford to just sleep on. It's something my administration's been working hard on, and we've got a really, really great working group up and running, bipartisan, everybody rowing in the same direction, public sector, private sector. So the Washington hospital piece is gonna, is gonna work itself out through the regulatory process. We're gonna be there to make sure we don't lose any healthcare services in that community, but we're also working on a much broader solution uh, to stop these closures and to preserve services for the good people of rural Pennsylvania. It's safe to say there's never been a greater huh. strain on health care in rural parts of the country, not just Pennsylvania. So it's uh, fair, Larry. applaud your efforts for that. And finally, uh, Governor, this, out of all the things you talked about, social media-wise, got a lot, a big rise out of huh. people. Your support of recreational marijuana in the state. How much yeah, do you think the state eventually could make by doing that with all our neighbors in Ohio, New York, New Jersey, who have done it in some cases years ago. And why is it taking so damn long, man? Ah. Yeah, man. I mean, look, when it's fully up and running, we, we estimate Pennsylvania can make $250 million a year in revenue. That's, that's dollars that can be used for, you name it, education, economic development. This, to me, is a competitiveness issue. And yeah, look, guys, I get there's some people probably listening to your program now that disagree with it, but I, I would just say every every one of our neighbors is heading in that direction. Hell, the, the voters in Ohio, by a margin of 57%, right on. just voted uh, to, to legalize it. And the, the reality is we are leaving all that money on the table. We are falling behind other states. I think it's it's another story of us not being as competitive as we need to be. Uh, and I think it's it's time has come. And I'll be honest with you guys, I I was opposed to it for a good long while. It, it took me a while to come around on it, particularly as a father, you know, concerns uh, for my kids' health and, and welfare. But I think as long as you've got safeguards in place, as long as we help make sure that this is not getting in the hands of people who shouldn't have it, our, our children, the reality is it's time to shut down the black market. It's time to take the strain off of cops. It's time to be competitive. And this is a way to do that. And we can't let Ohio and the other states around us keep eating our lunch on this or any other issue. And as I've said many times, I'm competitive as hell. And this is one of those areas we got to compete in. Hey, man, Kim Ward's coming here tomorrow uh, to be critical of all this wasteful spending. What do you want to tell her? What do you want people to hear? 
Well, uh, I'm not going to address her directly. I, I get that, you know, there's some people in politics who just knee jerk have to be against everything right. I'm for. I, I get that. But here's here's the issue. She, she's got real responsibility in this. And it's time to address these problems. It's what I said to you at the top. You know, her caucus and those guys, they've been in charge for two decades. We're 49th in the nation in higher ed. We're losing on economic development to other states. We've got an unconstitutional education system. If you don't like what I put forth, then what's your plan? Uh, you know, I, I guess the, the bottom line is I'm unwilling to sit back and do nothing. And, and we should all be trying to do something here. So I'm unwilling to accept those who just want to be critical and not put forth any concrete solutions. Again, my plan is fully paid for. We cut taxes. We don't raise them. And even if you do everything I want, we still got 11 billion bucks left at the end of the day to continue to do more things in the future. It's fiscally responsible. It's time we compete. And I guess I would just say to anyone who comes on your show who's critical of my plan, say, okay, well, then what's your plan? How are we going to be more competitive? How are we going to give young people an opportunity? Here's another one for you guys. One in four Pennsylvanians today are seniors. And we know there's a lot of seniors in the workforce, but we also know a lot of seniors are beginning to leave the workforce. One in four Pennsylvanians are seniors today. By 2030, one in three Pennsylvanians are going to be seniors. So if we don't start changing the dynamics on our workforce, if we don't bring more people to Pennsylvania, if we don't compete more aggressively, we're just going to fall behind if we don't do anything. Hey, man, no say to anybody. What's your plan? What are you going to do to fix these? Hey, man, no tax increases while you're in office. None. Well, we don't need to raise taxes. What we're doing here is investing the money the good people of Pennsylvania have sent to Harrisburg. What I don't want to do is leave it sitting in some bank account. I, I love these politicians that brag about all these surpluses. That's the people of Pennsylvania's <laughs> money. Why the hell are we taking more from them than we, sh- than, than we need? We should be investing that in creating opportunity for them. And that's exactly what I'm proposing to do. Governor Josh Shapiro, we really appreciate your time, sir. Thank you. Hey, guys, really good talking to you, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Hey, man, I just wish you could get excited. Yeah, could we? You should run for office. <laughs> oh, man. I'm man, I'm passionate about this stuff. I, I love, love it, it man. I, I, I we, love it. We both appreciate the passion. Bring Thank it, you. man. Thanks, Bring Governor. It. Thanks, guys. Stay All well. Right, man. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. 
Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.